Hello, this is Jeff Vanderstelt, Executive Director of Saturate and the host of the Saturate podcast. Saturate exists to serve and equip leaders to start and strengthen unified gospel city movements that lead to gospel saturation. To the end that every man, woman, and child has repeated opportunities to meet Jesus through his church on mission everywhere and every day. We believe this will require, as Jesus prayed in John 17, the church is unified in a region, collaborating together around five key initiatives that we see Luke uh, describe as the Apostle Paul works it out in Acts 13 through 14. Those five are citywide prayer, leader health, disciple-making strategies, serving the city together, and then starting new churches and new kingdom initiatives. Today in this episode, we're going to be talking about churches and church leaders collaborating together around starting churches in Houston. And specifically, I get to speak with Chad Clarkson, who's a big part of helping to start and lead the Houston Church Planning Network. Chad is the co-founder and executive director of the Houston Church Planning Network. After being involved in planning churches in Iowa and South Carolina, he moved to Houston where he served for 10 years as the pastor of church planting and missions at Clear Creek Community Church. He's also been involved in global and local church planting for almost 25 years, and he has a passion to see the church unified around the mission of God. Chad, I'm so glad you're here with us. Uh, Would you tell us a little bit more about yourself and the origin story of Houston Church Planting Network? Yeah, you bet, Jeff. Thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it. Uh, joy to be with y'all. Uh, yeah, so I grew up in Iowa, uh, grew up in the Midwest. Uh, I won't go into too, too, mu- too many details, but grew up in the church. Uh, my uncle was actually involved in church planting. So I think that's kind of where I first got the bug from him. He had planted in a few different places, but I joined him in Colorado for about half a year. And I'm like, this is what I want to be involved in. So spent well, some time I didn't with know it. that. That's yeah. a cool origin story. Yeah, so it goes, it goes back to... Man, when I was in college, I was pursuing a business degree, and uh, I go back to the moment where God said, "No, you're not going this direction. Uh, it's going to be a, a ministry kind of pathway for you." So, yeah, so I ended up finishing up school, and then a buddy of mine was also we we started dreaming about the church, you know, different things, and he ended up moving to South Carolina, where he was from, to plant a church there. Uh, and then I ended up joining him a couple years later uh, down in, in Clemson, South Carolina. So that's why we're big Clemson fans. I have a, a kid now that that goes to school there, in fact. Uh, so spent some time with him. And then from there, we just started launching out churches, really not having no clue what we're doing, just kind of sending people out, you know, And but, you know, God used those, uh, used those years in amazing ways. Uh, I ended up meeting my wife there. So she was, uh, she's from Texas. But she was getting her master's there, started coming to the church. So worked worked out multiple ways for me uh, being involved right. in that plant. Uh, so we ended up going back to Iowa, or I ended up taking her to Iowa. And she, just so she's from Houston. Let's put it this way. So she, her first winter there, I think it was like record snow on the ground. And she's like, I'm not sure if this is going to work. So long story <laughs> short. Uh, a far cry from Houston, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. She's like, what is these? What is this icicles coming out of my nose? So mm-hmm. it was, yeah. Good memories for me, at least. I'm not so sure about her. Um, but long story short, we ended up going to Houston and originally uh, to plant a church. And that was kind of our, our plan. Really, it started networking, meeting with people, starting Bible study in our house, and end up meeting Bruce Wesley, uh, who's the pastor of Clear Creek Community Church. We actually met at a leadership network event in Dallas and uh, really connected with him and kind of to speed up the story, end up coming on board there. Uh, with him as the pastor of church planning and missions. He really had a vision to see uh, their church, Clear Creek, become a church planning church. So started there. 
and really with a really a, a clean slate. It was a whiteboard as far as developing, you know, any sort of multiplication vision. So really with that, we thought, all right, where's a good place to kind of start and really looked at uh, Jesus's words in Acts 1.8 and said, all right, we're going to have some geographic intentionality uh, to, to this vision that we're developing. So we talked in terms of, all right, what's our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and, and the ends of the earth. So as far as that goes, we started with our Jerusalem. And for Houston, Houston's a large city, about 10,000 square miles. So just our piece of it where Clear Creek is located is down closer to NASA in the Clear Lake area, southeast part. And we really drew a circle or kind of not really a circle, but close to close to a circle and kind of marked it by a boundary. So we say from the Beltway on the north to the beach on the south, Brazoria County line to the bay, those four Bs, we call it the 4B area. That's kind of our target for uh, our Jerusalem. So committed to starting churches there. Do we do multi-site there? Working with other gospel-centered ministries there. Partnering with other churches that care about lostness and brokenness in that area. So committed to our Jerusalem. Our ends of the earth is kind of our global church planting. So committed to seeing uh, doing missions that results in ch- new churches. Uh, so that's been our philosophy from the beginning, and been in, uh, involved in various places around the globe. And then really our Judea Samaria really became Houston. Uh, how do we get after Houston? Um, you know. One of the most diverse cities in the United States, fast growing, 250 people every day are, are coming into greater Houston. Uh, so what does that look like? So Judea kind of be in that next concentric circle geographically, and then Samaria kind of with the, the cultural differences. So our commitment was church planning. So it looked like, our right, how do we start churches in that area? So we started some things at Clear Creek, a coaching center and beginning some residency stuff and kind of with what, what God was stirring. Uh, began to kind of gather some different people together um, who had a heart for church planning. And it was like, oh, December 2009, uh, brought some people together in the room. There's probably 25, 30 of us, something like that, and cast a vision. And it wasn't like, all right, here's the strategic plan of the Houston Church Planning Network. <laughs> it wasn't anything like it. Said, but what it was, we said at that first meeting, we said we wanted to be about Houston and kind of laid out all the demographics and how fast it was growing, all that stuff. We wanted to be about church planting you know, what does it look like to see multiplication happen, uh, church planting out of kind of really the harvest? And then what does it look like to be a network? And really at that at that time, we even said a network of networks. So we, we said, hey, we realize there's different tribes represented, different denominations, but what does it look like to see multiple networks uh, that are kind of reproducing churches? So at that first gathering, we cast vision. And I remember someone in the room said, why don't you just call it the Houston Church Planning Network? So that name ended up sticking. And that was kind of uh, from the beginning. Uh, how it, hmm. how it got started? Oh, that's awesome, man! So, two thousand nine. Is that mm-hmm. what you said? Yeah, two thousand nine. You've been doing this for a while. Yeah, we have. Hmm. We have. Hmm. As you think about the work that HCPN has been doing, what are the key initiatives that you continue to regularly engage in to accomplish this end of seeing churches planted in in Greater Houston? Now, before you even answer that question, isn't Houston like? now like the third or fourth largest city in the country? Yeah. So I think it's the fourth largest MSA for the whole greater area, if I'm right. Uh, you know, we okay. always compete a bit against DFW for four or five, something like that. So uh, I think you got uh, New York, LA, Chicago, and then Houston maybe city-wise, and then maybe it's DFW for MSA, and then okay. Houston's fifth. So right there. So fast-growing fast growing diverse place. Yeah. Yeah. And we talk about even the global diversity in Houston. So I saw some recent statistics that talked about one in every five people, one out of every five people weren't even born in the United States. 
So it gives you kind of an idea of the diversity. There's like 350 people groups, 220 languages, uh, just, you know, opportunity. We used to have to go across like the, an ocean to do missions. I mean, you literally just have to go across the street here. Yeah. All the nations are there. It's amazing. Yeah. So how are you regularly engaging in this, the mission? Like what are some of the key initiatives you guys are engaging regularly? Yeah, I think, you know, our mission statement, and this has really been it from the beginning, we said HCPN is really a network of networks committed to strengthening church planters to multiply churches that reach every man, woman in, in greater Houston, every man, woman and child in greater Houston. So I appreciate using that same every man, woman and child language. So really, really connected that. And so that's the vision we've been casting. And, you know, it's, and what I've seen over the years, it's like, all right, people get excited about, you know, vision short term, but it's really the values that kind of are going to connect people. Are they going to be a part? And so we have four values that we keep coming back to. Again, from the beginning, we talk about saturation. So I love being on a saturate podcast. So, you know, mm -hmm. you're speaking my love language there. So what does it look like to see the gospel to get it? really get out in every nook and cranny. So we're about saturation. We're about multiplication. How are we multiplying, you know, leaders, churches, missional communities, uh, all the above. Uh, we're about formation. So healthy church planners believe healthy church planners are going to plant healthy churches uh, and then collaboration. You know, what does it look like to do this together? So that those are really, really the, the values that we've connected to in terms of what we do, kind of our lanes or the levers we've been pulling over the years are really three things. We talk about one, uh, gathering together two uh, training planters and three really facilitating collaboration. So, you know, probably about nine times a year we do these gatherings. You've actually come and spoke over the years uh, at yeah. a couple of our monthly gatherings. Uh, we need to get you back. It's been a little while. I would love to. Yeah, yeah, it'd be great. Um, but we've just seen the importance of just you know bringing those that have a common heart together. Uh, and you know, it's great to hear a speaker. You know, we just had Ralph Moore. You know, who was here with us uh, last or a couple of weeks ago to do our January gathering. I love and those that, are always man. great, but just the impact of just the relationships, the consistency of people being in the room together, you know, just goes a long way. So we continue to gather together. We do a lunch gathering. So there's a lot of relational uh, equity that's built up with those. We pray together, pray for the city, pray for one another, and are usually ch hopefully challenged and encouraged something related to, to church planting. Um, so we do those gatherings. Those have been consistent. We're moving to even a regional strategy now with those. So we'll still do the, the centralized gatherings. But in February, we'll do 10 regionals throughout Greater Houston at the same time that are going to be happening in different parts of the city. Just to really kind of, we believe in order to get to central uh, saturation, you got to decentralize too. So that's kind of uh, a direction we're moving with that. So we do the gatherings. Uh, the second thing we do is we train planters. That's something we've done uh, for a long time. So we have a few different residency programs we do. We have a finishing residency for those that are, hey, they've been assessed, ready to plant. We do a foundational residency. That's really for those that are kicking the tires for church planting. One of the things we, we discovered kind of was, all right, when we did the finishing residency, we were getting a lot of applications with that. But the majority of the people we were getting just weren't ready to plant a church. So we kind of had to reverse engineer it, go backwards kind of develop the pool and the pipeline for planters. So that's where we did the foundational residency. And now we have a fortifying cohort. So I tend to alliterate, alliterate everything, helps us remember. So we got foundational, finishing, fortifying. Fortifying is kind of post-launch. The idea makes stronger where we focus on soul care and just kind of strategic leadership stuff. Uh, so that's the second thing. And the third lever we continue to pull is just, we say we want to facilitate collaboration, whether that's between, you know, urban churches, uh, suburban churches, different ethnic groups, and then different denominations and, and networks. So 
about once a quarter, we'll pull the different network leaders together and really talk, what does it look like for collaboration between different networks and denominations? You know, how do we get all moving the same direction? Uh, <clears throat> Tim Keller wrote an article, I think it was about 2009, about the time we were starting with HCPN called Movement Dynamics. And in that, he talks about really, if you want to see a city reached with the gospel, you got to have multiple churches, networks, denominations, and ministries that are gathering around a core of church multiplication. So that's really been our heartbeat from the beginning and some of the things we've been pushing. That's awesome, man. There's a lot of good stuff going on. Yeah, sir. Well, I mean, you guys have been working on it for quite a while. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's really encouraging. Um, as you think about the collaboration kind of initiatives, what do you think is required to see that um, really continue to be built, um, you know, collaborating towards starting new churches and saturating the city together. I know there's certain principles that you've probably seen, okay, this is when it goes well, and this is when it's difficult and challenging. What do you see consistently, the principles that are needed for that to really keep happening? Yeah, I mean, at the 30,000 kind of foot view, uh, we talk about, you know, the two keys to collaboration are like two wings of the airplane, and you got to have both of them. So one of those wings is mission. So when it talks about collaboration, it's like, we're always casting, all right, here's the vision, the mission. It's 7 million people in greater Houston, uh, every man, woman, and child, saturation, one group can't do it by itself type thing. So we're always pushing that. And so, you know, we, that's a hard, that's a hard vision to say no to, you know, if you're a church, I mean, that's really why, why churches exist, right? We're about, you know, seeing the gospel penetrate culture and lostness. So uh, we really keep driving that and keep coming back to that. So that's that's one wing of the airplane for collaboration. The other wing would we just say it's relationships. Um, so just the power of you know as you get to know people, uh, you're building trust. Uh, we talk about the power of a, a cup of coffee. You know, as you get to know people, just as you if you have that relationship with people, and when it comes to really the the table of collaboration just that that's going to go a long way, that relationship that's always built. And I think it's one of the reasons we do our gatherings on a regular basis, just because you're always getting to know people. So kind of that mission of relationships are kind of the the 30,000 foot view we keep coming back to. You know, obviously there's other, you know, there's other kind of sub points to that. You know, you've got to have, got to have planters, you got to have partners, uh, you got to pray a lot, you know, things like that. But um, that's kind of the, what we're after when we talk collaboration. Yeah, we, we found the most important thing here in, in our region with Saturate the Sound was uh, keeping the mission clear and relationships yeah. consistent. I think you're absolutely right there because we're not going to work together unless we trust each other. Yep. And we're not going to work towards something unless we're really clear how important that is. So yeah, yeah. that's really good. But I think keeping it that simple in some ways is one of the better better ways to look at it. I think we can have, at times get too complex and then lose sight of the basics. So yeah. that's yep. really helpful. Well, what are some of the struggles you guys have faced together and how have you navigated them? Um, yeah, good, good question. I mean, you know, I think as I look back on what well, we've been, you know, some aspect of this for 13 years and really the first five years, it was like, all right, we're pushing uphill. Is this going to make it? It was a little at a time and then began to kind of get some traction. But, you know, over the time, there hasn't been anything really like major, like where it's been like, you know, where some people would think, all right, what about theological differences and things like that? You know, everybody's pretty open-handed. You know, we use the Lausanne Covenant as far as an organizing, you know, theological document. But we've seen like, as far as collaboration, kind of, you know, we're focusing on kind of that uh, middle group of churches. That makes sense. Like if a church may be too far one direction and, you know, they're not going to be thinking, 
uh, evangelism, let alone church planting, you know, so they're not coming. Uh, if a church may be as far on the other side, it's like, all right, they're committed to, you know, maybe their truth, if that makes sense. It's like, all right, we're committed to doing things a certain way. They don't collaborate. So we're, we're working kind of in that middle chunk of churches that uh, really want to work together. And kind of with our network of networks philosophy, you know, we've got churches that are part of Acts 29, part of Vineyard, Baptist, Presbyterian, uh, all across Anglican across the board. So we're saying you're not giving up that. It's just like a bigger, kind of a bigger circle uh, for the city. So you can still kind of hold on to that. Um, so that really hasn't been a, you know, a huge issue, which, which has been great. You know, someone said, I heard this and I thought it was great. You know, really a, a breakdown of unity doesn't happen because of a, a difference in doctrine, but really a lack of love. And so I love that kind of that picture where, you know, if we're really loving each other and we know each other, we've had those relationships of trust, then we'll work things out. You know, there may be differences like we've had to work through some of, you know, we've got even on our board, we've got churches that are more egalitarian and then others that are complementarian. So those have been discussions, you know, what does that look like? But, you know, because there's just such love and relationships, it's like, all right, we'll, we'll figure this out and what that what that looks like. So oh, that's great. I think that's really important that you say that because that goes back to the trust piece. It's like mm-hmm. if if we know each other and we're spending time together and then we love each other, then we're willing to work through things together. And usually most of the challenges relationally come because we don't really know each other. We don't spend time together. Yeah. We yep. don't take that time to work through things together. So, and in and, and clarifying document like Lasan Covenant, I think is really helpful. We've, we have other cities ask about like, how do you deal with the theological differences? And you guys were one of the lead leads for us, even in terms of learning from you guys, that that's a helpful document. It allows that kind of middle space to be created, uh, which has a lot of flexibility and, yeah. and, you know, and bandwidth in terms of like how big it can be. So uh, I love that. I think that's a good way to think through it. Any other challenges you've faced along the way? It sounds like things have gone pretty good overall, but I'm sure there's, yeah, not, it's not perfect, you know, so. Oh, no, by any means. I mean, there's always, you know, challenges. I think right now, especially maybe kind of, I'm not saying COVID's over completely, but the more the post-COVID season, yeah, I think something we're thinking about or trying to work towards is really seeing like our partners planting churches, like our network of churches. HCPN's not, you know, we don't look at ourselves like we're the ones planting churches. We want to come alongside the local church and like, how can we help you do it better? So we really see that our ro- being our role. So right now, I think a challenge, uh, maybe not something that's going wrong or a current struggle, I guess would be a good way to say it is, you know, how are we seeing these churches reproduce planters? So I feel like I have to be a little bit of a kind of an agitator, kind of in poking people's side. It's like, all right, how are we doing raising up planters? So that's what we're finding is the biggest kind of struggle or biggest need right now, because it's not like they're just growing on trees. So it's really going to take like a longer pipeline mm-hmm. of development. So I think that's something we're really trying to think through uh, right now. And tr- I'm trying to give more of my time to it. What What are some of the ways in which you're addressing that problem? Because I think that's what you just defined is, that's not a problem just in Houston. That's yeah seems to be a problem across the country where the quote unquote pipeline, you know, or pathway, whatever you want to call it has yeah. dried up and people are asking, how do we raise up the next generation of church planners? What are you, what are you doing? How are you addressing that? Yeah. I mean, part of it. So we've kind of developed, uh, we brought, I brought in a training director, Matt Lee, who's working with HCPN and he's more, it's helped, helped us as far as time where he's focused now on planter development oversees our residencies so now I've been able to move my time, what I'm just calling partner development. So what does that, what does that look like? And trying to give more, 
more of my time to that. So, you know, I think, I don't think we're doing anything well <laughs> as far as with that right now, but we are thinking a lot about it. Um, I think part of going these regionals is trying to, you know, kind of raise that up a little bit, try to get churches that are in the same geography of Houston, thinking about this strategically, kind of how can we plant together for that specific part of the city? So I think that's part of it. Um, we've talked about, do we need to even go further in the pathway or pipeline? You know, what is, how can we, you know, help the local church to begin thinking about, all right, what's their leadership development process for developing church planters? Because I know some of our churches in Houston have that, but many, many don't. So what does it look like to begin to kind of, hey, here's something you can start doing, you know, as far as once someone hits junior high or high school, I mean, they're already thinking about career. So how do you begin to cast a vision for, you know, being part of a, a church planting movement or being a church planter or, or something like that? So, hmm. you know, those are some of the things. I don't know if you're seeing anything in different cities or, you know, anything you've seen work in that way. One of them, I mean, in light of what you just said, one of the things that uh, has encouraged me over the years is some work that started in Estonia several years back. They had they had almost nobody to mm -hmm. to even think about raising up to plant churches, so they started with youth, and they started these summer experiences where they would they would give them a pretty unique wilderness experience. But part of it was like we're going to talk about what it means to to be a leader, we're going to start developing leadership opportunities wow. for you. And they, they built, they built as far back as they could into youth just said we're raising up the next generation of leadership. And they, they, they succeeded in that. I think there's a really good story they've got to tell as well in terms of the number of church planners that came out of that process. So they, they had to look way back. And I think, I think, you know, part of what we got to enjoy in the, in the nineties turn of the century, early two thousands was, you had a lot of these people who aspired to youth pastor or, or in, were in youth yeah. pastor positions or aspired to it because it really was an exciting thing to get into it. Very entrepreneurial, mm -hmm. had a lot of freedom for experimentation. And then those were, a lot of those were the ones who actually planted churches later on. And mm -hmm. I think in a lot of ways, we've lost that kind of uh, pipeline that, that was there. Um, I think it, the more churches have regulated what a youth ministry should look like, the less attractive it was to the more entrepreneurial types. And so, and what I'm learning with, with millennials, especially and Gen Z is that they're wanting to get into the marketplace for the, because they're entrepreneurial, but they don't understand they could also maybe do that in a church planning way. And so trying to wed the two is even one of the ways forward, I think is how do we get Bible or Covo types of approaches yeah, as well? Exactly. Those. Exactly. So, Yeah. Well, any more breakthrough stories that you saw? I mean, that that's a little bit of a like, hey, here's a problem we're trying to solve. But as yeah. you've thought through the last, gosh, 14 years now of this work, what are what are some encouraging stories or moments that you have that might encourage our listeners as they're thinking through the same kind of work in their city? Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, it was like, I mean, it took a while to get going. You know, it wasn't like, hey, we cast this first vision in 2009. And that's a good word, by the way. Like, I think a lot of people think, oh, man, we tried that tried to get collaboration going and a couple of years into it, it just, we gave up. It's like, no, this is five years. Like where yeah. I'm at, it's, you know, we've been at it for eight or nine years, but it took at least three or four to even see traction. Then COVID seemed to take a hit on us. And then we're yep. feel like we're starting again. And so, yeah, it's a good word. Like it, this takes time. Yeah. Relationships take time. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and we were being faithful, you know, continuing to do the monthly gatherings, just showing up, being present, encouraging who came, you know, planter. It was mainly planters at that time. And it was probably about the fall of 2013, uh, where, you know, it was kind of one of our regular gatherings. 
Uh, Bruce, who I mentioned earlier, cast vision. And it's a vision that we cast a lot, but it was almost like, it was almost like the spirit said, all right, now it's time. And it was like a, the spirit striking a match and some people responded, some other key churches that happened to be in the room that day responded. And from there, it just seemed like we, we began to garner some momentum. Uh, probably about six months after that, maybe even about five months after that, we brought about 10 key churches around the city, kind of cast the vision and said, what would it look like to do this together? And these would be more resource churches. And they were all like, we're in, let's do this. And so I think that was another key moment with getting these churches that, you know, had a lot of muscle, had a lot of influence, came to the point of saying, you know, we could continue to go at this on our own, but we feel like, you know, we can be better together and we can see more happen uh, if we do this together. So I think that was a key piece where it really became not a Clear Creek thing, but a, a we thing and us thing, you know, something, something for the city. So that was, that was probably one of our breakthrough moments uh, as I, mm-hmm. as I look back over the history. Yeah, there's certain things like that, right, where you can you can do the work, you can gather together, you can aim to build trust, and yet you still are so dependent on the Spirit bringing that spark. Exactly. And um, uniting hearts, which is why prayer is such a key to all this, because it's like, God, if you don't do it, we're going to be wasting our life doing it. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think even recently, you talk about another breakthrough. I feel like even at our last board meeting uh, that we had in May— so we're trying to figure out like, all right, where does everything fit in? Like we need to be doing, obviously we need to be praying. We need to be planting churches, making disciples. What does it look like to you know serve the city? Really the five, the five things that you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that, hey, you're about these five things, uh, mm-hmm. prayer and fasting. What does it look like to have a united presence for that, for the city, st- you know, starting churches and strategic initiatives? What does it look like to see multiplying disciples? What does it look like for healthy leaders? And then kind of what is serving the city through mercy and justice type ministries. So we kind of really took those five um, that we probably borrowed from you. And I know I know you've seen them other places and missiologists as they think that way. How do you get after a city? Those seem to yep. come up, but kind of used in your language there. We just kind of began to organize those a little. And I think we had a breakthrough moment in our board meeting. And we really kind of, kind of even drew the picture of like a tree. So kind of our roots have been, or you know, the prayer and the fasting piece. So, and that's something we've been doing, but now we're, we found like we're even diving into it more. So we had in November, we brought 80 pastors together. We did a, a prayer retreat with them. We had Paul Miller, uh, who wrote the praying life, uh, with us and just kind of spent some time praying together. Uh, right now we're on day nine today of a 30 day kind of a united prayer and fasting. I bet we have 75 churches around the city participating in that. Uh, so 30 days of focused uh, prayer, fasting, you know, really praying for, you know, praying for revival, but also praying for those kind of on our lit, we call it our list of those that don't know Jesus yet. And so praying for those people. So really trying to go deeper with prayer and fasting. And then going back to that illustration, really our trunk of the tree, we've said, all right, that's our organizing principle. And for us, that's church planning. So that's kind of our lane. That's how we're organizing. Uh, we're trying to gather churches together to think strategically about what does it look like to see you know, churches in every nook and cranny and every language and people group uh, for greater Houston. And then what's growing on the tree for us are, all right, these churches need to be making disciples. They need to be developing healthy leaders and we want to see healthy pastors. And then how are these churches serving the city? So this has become like kind of our branches uh, of what we're looking towards. So we feel like that kind of was a light for us recently when you talk about breakthrough, uh, just as we've That's been great. thinking through that. So That's really encouraging. In fact, I, I, the imagery is really, really helpful because the Okay, this is going to get fueled by the power of the Holy Spirit through prayer. Yeah. Uh, it's going to 
be contained in actual churches that are started, but the hopes are that these do raise up healthy disciples, healthy leaders, and change bring change and hope to a city in tangible form. So yeah. I think that's a really, really great imagery. I, that's more recent than for you guys in terms of really coming, the board really getting around that. Yeah, that was really last May. And we feel like it's really kind of given us some legs for like, even kind of like, all right, what's next? Where are we going from here? And, um, you know, help, cause we didn't, we want to stay in our lane. Like as far as our, we feel like our lane is church planning and not try to do everything. Uh, so we're partnering with, obviously we want to see disciples made. That's, you know, the great commission. Um, but you know, how do, how are we working with different ministries in the city that are primarily, you know, more gospel demonstration type ministries, the mercy yep. and justice. So what's our partnerships with them look like? Uh, and then how are we seeing healthy pastors uh, developing, you know, mini- with ministries who kind of focus on that? But we just didn't want to hand off the prayer piece, uh, if that makes sense. So we're we're committed to kind of the prayer stuff and hopefully seeing churches then, you know, birthed in prayer that are then coming out of the harvest uh, as our heart too. So hopefully it's, you know, a lot of evangelism that's happening and uh, want to see churches started then. Well, that's encouraging. I mean, I think I think having those five is really important because it's like, yeah, we might be responsible for helping to plant more and more churches that are fueled by the Holy Spirit through prayer, but we're also wanting to make sure those churches are the kinds of churches that are planting exactly, you know, the gospel, making new disciples and led by healthy leaders and producing the kind of fruit that looks like good news to the city. So exactly. Yeah, I love the way you're sharing that because it's like, oh, you can't do it all by yourself. You're going to have to partner with key organizations that really do those other three things pretty well. So. That's awesome. Yeah, so appreciate your encouragement that way. And it's been helpful. Your work has been helpful to us in Houston. So grateful. Oh, good. That's encouraging. Well, as you think about the future, what are some of your hopes? I mean, you shared some of it right there, but any more that you would add in terms of hopes for HCPN and and Greater Houston? Yeah, I mean, quantitatively, um, you know, that's some of the qualitative stuff we just probably talked about. But quantitatively, you know, we're dreaming about what does it look like to get to 400 churches working together? So we've probably got 130, 135 right now that I would say are connected to HCPN and pursuing a similar vision. So our heart is to kind of see that grow and not just for the sake of numbers, but, you know, what does it look like to kind of get to a tipping point? You know, we're trying to get that would give us about 10 percent of the churches in Houston uh, that are working working together. So that's, we've just set that as a target. That's pretty um, so, significant, man. 400 churches would be Yeah, no, and so, yeah. Yeah, and that's another reason kind of going, you know, with a regional strategy as well, trying to make it more accessible to people uh, in different parts of the city. So so we'll see. I mean, we may not, but that's what we feel like. All right, that's, my, that's what we're shooting for kind of this next season as far as uh, Houston goes. Uh, and then I think another, I think goal-wise, last September we hosted... We just called it a city networks learning lab um, for different cities. Really, we had from some three global cities show up and then 10 cities throughout the United States. So we had 13 cities with us. Um, and you're probably getting this as well, you know, with your work in Saturate. Just, you know, it feels like, again, the, the spirit striking a match related to collaboration, radi- uh, related to city reaching, things like that. So we had those cities together. We just kind of, you know, kind of really laid out what we've been doing with HCPN and uh, people have really gravitated to the, that. We continue to get calls from other cities. So just trying to find a, a way to how do we help serve cities, but then also how can, how can we in Houston learn from, all right, what's going on in Seattle, Portland, DFW. Um, so that's kind of some of the trade-off. It's like, all right, you take anything we have, it's yours, but go do it better and then tell us what you're learning. What are some of those cities that you guys are working or gathered with? 
Yeah. So at the, at the gatherings, we had Portland down here. I don't know if you know, Gabe with multiply, uh, PDX. Yeah. So they, they came down, uh, we had Greenville, South Carolina, Raleigh, North Carolina, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, Orlando, Florida, uh, San Antonio, Chicago, globally, uh, Johannesburg. Uh, we had, a uh, someone from, um, Liverpool, Accra and Ghana. Um, and where a couple others I'm missing in there. So yeah, so it was a good, good first one we felt, and we're going to, we're going to do it actually again next September and just, good. you know, see what, see what the spirit's stirring there. So we're excited about that. That's awesome, man. Well, if you could encourage our listeners um, as we come to a close around just working towards collaboration and seeing more churches planted in their region, what would you uh, want to share with them? Yeah, I think it's probably similar to kind of how I challenge churches in Houston. It's like in terms of the collaboration piece, it's like, all right, what does it look like to make collaboration both a priority and a strategy for you? So uh, as terms of a priority, you know, challenging pastors, it's like, all right, what does it look like to whether it's tithing your time to the city or time outside your local church, something like that. I know Bruce leads a large church, my, my pastor here. And but, you know, the elders have said, all right. 20% 20% of your time you can give to outside Clear Creek. And so that's a, that's a big, that's a big thing wow. for a church, a church that's to so say that. Encouraging, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so seeing other, I think churches around Houston do that. It's, it's like a priority. And that could, because I really think when you catch like that John 17 vision, you know, it's something uh, you can't opt out of. It's like, you're not released from that. That's what I found for me personally. Um, it's like when you, when you think about, you know, kind of Jesus's prayer there, you know, his heart for the oneness of the church as he looks down uh, to the future. It's like, all right, this, we want to be about, you know, collaboration. Uh, so that's just making it a priority with your time. Also with your resources, what does it look like to kind of give to something like that? And then just encouraging churches, you know, how do you think about it in terms of a strategy? You know, it, and that kind of works it into your vision a little more because churches will have like, you know, hopefully you got a discipleship strategy, you got a leadership development strategy, uh, you've got a missions evangelism strategy, you got all these different strategies, but I don't see very many churches that have like a collaboration strategy. So trying to get churches to begin to think that way and what does that look like, I think would would help a church take some next steps in terms of collaborating in your city. You know, I think it was exponential that uh, kind of coined the, the three key things of like, you've got yeah. the Great Commission you got the great commandment, you got the great collaboration. And if churches would just say like, those, that is our responsibility. Jesus was really clear. This is how you're going to know my yeah. disciples, their love. This is the commission I've given you. Go make disciples. Here's how you're supposed to do it. Collaborate together as one church in your city. If we could just embrace that and say that is the job of the church, I think it changes the conversation. So it's not an extracurricular activity, but it is actually at the heart of who we are. And you guys yeah. have done a really good job. And Bruce has set an example. The leaders of your church have prioritized that. Usually when I'm going to a city and working with the church, I'll say, it's got to start with your church setting aside time. Mm-hmm. Usually it's 10 to 20, per- 10%, but like 20% is remarkable. <laughs> so, wow. There's yeah. a reason why this is happening because you guys have made it a priority. Yeah. So thank you so much, man, for the example, the encouragement. I mean, if I could encourage people to learn more and more, it would be check out what you guys are doing because you've been doing this a long time. And so I, I guess I want to ask that question is if they wanted to learn more, they want to get more information, where would you recommend they go? Yeah, for HCPN, uh, you go to hcpn.org uh, to find out more about you know what we're doing with Houston 
Um, if any, if anything resonates on there, we're happy to, sh- we're open books. So we share everything. Um, my email's chat at hcpn.org. So you can always hit me up there. Uh, in terms of the city networks thing, uh, it's citynetworks.org. Um, I don't know if we've got the new dates coming. It'll be the last week in September. So we need to update that. Uh, will be our next, uh, city networks learning lab, uh, here in Houston. That's great. And you're going to be at Exponential too, right? We're doing a track together. Yeah, we're doing a kind of the the city network, city collaboration track. Uh, so even that first session for that, uh, I get a chance to do that with you. And actually Patrick O'Connell, who I think coined the great collaboration piece that we were just talking about. So uh, it'll be a joy for me to kind of be in the room with you guys and and kick that track off. So we're excited about that. That's so encouraging. Yeah, more and more of us are trying to say, how do we not just do it at the local, regional level, but at the national yeah. and global level? Because yep. if we can't do this together, we can't lead by example. So yeah, yeah, I'm excited to get to do that with you. Yeah, so if anybody's that exponential, come come join us for that. Come say hello to us. Yeah, That's right. it'd be great yeah. to hang out. Yeah. Well, Chad, I'm, I really am thankful for your example and uh, and Bruce's you know courage to lead the way in a lot of ways. Yeah. He's not on this... Yeah, I thought about bringing him on as well, but I, I thought, well, let's talk to you. Maybe I'll get Bruce another time. But Next Bruce time, really yeah. has been a pace setter, I think, in a lot of ways on yeah. this. So thankful for his life. So, Hey, uh, if you've been blessed by this, uh, I encourage you to reach out and find out more. As, as, as Chad said, um, there's what they're doing in Houston is a really great example. You can learn a lot from them. And then also, uh, we're going to keep featuring more and more of these through our podcast. So, um, encourage you to let others know if they could be helped by this. Uh, If you're looking for more resources uh, that would help you take next steps towards gospel saturation, encourage you to check out saturatetheworld.com. You can actually subscribe to a lot of resources and some of the stuff that we even talked about is going to be on that subscription. By the way, if you get a subscription to Saturate Resources, you're actually giving a free subscription to somebody in the world who can't afford it. So this last year, we had the privilege of giving almost 500 free memberships away to churches all over the world. Um, And then lastly, if you want to partner with us to regularly pray for gospel saturation, we are actually praying for cities like like Houston, like Charleston, like Chicago, like Tokyo. I mean, all Liverpool, I just had conversations with a guy last week. And so if you want to be more updated on what's going on and how to pray, please reach out to saturatetheworld.com and you can go to um, more information. You can also just do hello at saturatetheworld.com and let us know you want to be a part of the prayer team. You can pray for people like Chad and others and the work they're doing, and we'll try to keep you posted on what we know that's going on around the world. And then lastly, if you want to support the work we're doing so we can make this available to more and more people, please go to saturatetheworld.com. There's a give button, and we certainly could use your support. Chad, I'm so thankful you are with us. Uh, Thanks for the work you're doing. Uh, It really is a blessing. So thanks for sharing. Enjoyed it. Thanks again, Jeff.